0: You say I am loved when I can't feel a thing. What do you think of that song? Does does anybody really like that song in particular? Judy? Yeah? Now, here's a question I have for you as as you're answering me that way is what does that mean to you? Is that something that comforts you during the week? Is that something that touches you in some way? Here's, here's what I want to do. I've got some people here um, with microphones in the aisles, and, and what I'd like to know is what are some songs that you like currently, old songs, new songs, and I want to know the name of the song and what it means to you, how it comforts you. So if you'll just stand up, somebody will approach you with a microphone, please. Don't leave me hanging.
1: One of my favorite songs is How Great Thou Art, and it speaks to me because it was the last song that my dad and I sang as a duet here at Bachelor Creek when he was preaching here many, many years ago, but the last verse, when Christ shall come with shouts of acclamation, I then proclaim how great thou art, Mm -hmm. and you know, he's coming, and I'm going to be shouting. The song, Be Still My Soul, by the Imperials.
0: Ah. To know that he is always there and that we need to be present with him and we just need to be quiet and listen for his voice. And I love that song, too. Somebody else? Anywhere?
1: Over here? There's a song called Jesus Is All I Need. And um, it's by an old band, Cademan's Call. But when we went to Guatemala... We saw things you can't imagine. And we have such a privileged life. And so at first that song reminded me, because it's a woman that bore her babies on the floor and raised her boys in the ways of Jesus. And she says, Jesus is all I need. But here, my mom has cancer, and I have no control over anything happening in my life. And But when I listen to that, I realize, Jesus is really all I need. And he truly is all yeah. I need, comforter, defender, everything. And um, music takes me there, and Jesus has provided that too. So that's it for Thank me. Thank you. Yeah. I think <clears throat> my very favorite song is His Eye is on the Sparrow. Huh? And I think it just is a good reminder that sometimes we feel so insignificant and, and that our lives are inconsequential, but he's paying attention to us. It's hard to choose because there's I mean, a lot to choose from. <laughs> but one of them is Chris Tomlin's indescribable. Because, it, I mean, that's just pure praise and worship. And so, and it just takes the eyes off of us
0: and puts them on God. And that's where it needs to be. Um, just, he is indescribable.
1: Great is thy faithfulness. Oh.
0: Great is thy faithfulness, because that is true. Um, So
1: music's been my lifeline for the last week, Christian music, and um, one of the new songs on the radio is called Greater Things, and I think it's by Matt Brock, and it talks about um, just trusting him for greater things and seeing the victory through him before we even see it ourselves.
0: By the way, we are praying for Amanda's mom, who's been going through some stuff um, in the last week. So um, these kinds of things really affect us. Go ahead. I didn't realize at the time, I had a student ask me this week what my favorite song was, which is really odd. But then the sermon's on music, and I didn't know that. So I was able to tell a student this week that my favorite song, and I had to think about it, because I have a lot of favorite songs, but I told them I can only imagine. And they said, why? And I said, because it's played at my grandparents' funerals, because we were celebrating their life. And then whenever I hear it, I just think no matter what's going on, whether we're at a wedding or a party or anything, the biggest party is when we get there, you know, when we get to heaven. Yeah, I can't sing that song without tears. Just one more.
1: Love lifted me. It makes me think of my grandparents, my maternal grandparents. When we went to church with them, we would sing that.
0: Amen. You know, the reason that I wanted to do this exercise And sorry to cut you short because we could go on for that for a long time. But um, these songs that we sing mean something. The words provide something to us. Um, Today's question is, why do we sing in worship? Why do we sing when we gather together? Or just, why do we sing? So, uh, it's interesting to note that that Music has changed over the years. Do you agree with that? I mean, even in our hymn books, you can see the progression of, of the change of music um, through the years, decades, even centuries that are in our, our hymn book and how, how things have changed throughout. Um, and yes, we are still taking some of those treasured lines written so long ago and we're keeping them alive by by putting them to uh, a different melody sometimes, uh, um, just uh, making them a little more instrumental than what we did before. Sometimes we do it successfully, sometimes we don't. But the point is, is these lines mean something. And as I read through Psalms, and, and the Psalms were written over over several centuries, and I wonder... If the songs that David wrote and sang were changed during these centuries, were they chanted? Was there a definitive melody? Did that melody get updated over the years as it got passed on from town to town? And I bet it did. You know, last week Solomon spoke about science and faith and that the two were not mutually exclusive, but that they coincide. They work hand in hand, right? Well, I'd like to add something to that thought, and that is creativity. Have you considered that we are creative beings? And how does Darwin's theory take that into, the, into account? Where does creative thought come from? According to Scripture, God made us in His likeness. In other words, the Creator made us, His creation, creative, right? Right? You could say that the marvels of man, you know, beginning with the wheel, um, were created out of necessity. You guys remember the old saying: um, "Necessity is the mother of invention." Okay, so if you stretch it a little bit, you could um, fit that into Darwin's realm of possibility because uh, it was necessary. But what about art? What about music? What about dance? You see, there is no necessity in any of that. It is just creative expression. And that has to come from somewhere. There are people I know who just don't want to call God, God. And, and I get that. Because once you admit that, then there are some changes that have to go on in your life. Amen? Amen? Once you admit that, something has to change. But you still cannot get away from the idea of a creator, or there is no such thing as creative thought. So call him creator if you have to. I do that sometimes too. But I also recognize him as my God. Over 3,000 years ago, David was writing songs to and about God. And in 2019, creative people are still writing songs to and about God. And until Jesus comes back tomorrow or in another 3,000 years, men and women will be writing songs to and about God because God created them that way. They just can't help it because God's love breeds creativity. To express our love, our devotion, our thankfulness, and our worship. And singing is a form of prayer. The songs provide us with a vocabulary to express and explore who God is and to declare what He is doing in our lives. We're going to take a few minutes and we're going to look at some of the songs that we do sing. Now, as, as they come up, I want you to sing along with us. So please do that. Um, we're gonna start with we sing about God's grace because God's grace is a gift that we don't deserve, and so we praise Him with these songs.
1: Amazing grace, let me hear you. How sweet the sound that saved a. Rest. Him crucified, now alive, and the power in me is You. Now blameless, You call me holy. I've been forgiven, You call me righteous.
0: Cheryl and I were at a conference and uh, um, we were just waiting on David Crowder to come out and when we got seated we got a front row seat that morning and and, uh, there was a a woman who was sitting right beside me who seemed to be a little stoic the whole morning until David Crowder sang come as you are and as he sang that she broke down into tears and I'm sitting right by her so I'm, I'm trying to comfort What I find out is is that six months ago, um, at that point, her daughter had committed suicide. And she felt like she couldn't go on, but this song kept her going through. Sing this with us. So lay down your burden. He is jealous for me. We serve a jealous God. Did you know that? He loves like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his mercy. And all of a sudden, I'm unaware of these afflictions that are eclipsed by glory. And I realize just how beautiful you are and how great your affections are. of the fall in the Garden of Eden, throughout Scripture, there was a central theme, and that central theme is God restoring fellowship with us. When we should be called His enemy, He calls us friend. Who am I that you are mindful of me, that you hear me? I am a friend of God, I am a friend of God, He calls me friend. vision statement here at Bachelor Creek is glorifying God through changed lives. So we sing about what God is doing in us and through us. All around hope is springing up from this old ground. Out of chaos life is being found in
1: want me to be I came here with nothing but all you have given me Jesus bring new wine out of
0: me we sing about a good God how great
1: he is you're a good good father it's who you are
0: Like there's not enough praise inside of me. With all these words, all oh, my heart can say is holy. You bled your your lovely days. So on my face I, I fall, fall under, under your, your heavy grace. Here I lay in awe, awe and wonder. Ooh, ooh, and I wonder how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God.
1: You were the word at the beginning, one with God the Lord most high. Hidden glory and creation Now revealed in you our Christ What a beautiful name it is What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus Christ my King What a beautiful name it is Nothing compares to this
0: Our God God is faithful, how we can trust Him. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a melody,
1: I raise a hallelujah, heaven comes to fight for me, I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm, louder and louder, you're gonna hear my praises roar.
0: Father, I see that you are drawing a line in the sand. And I want to be standing on your side, holding your hand. Let your kingdom come. Let it live in me. This is my prayer. This is my plea. I'm going to ask you to stand this. Let the worshipers arise. Let the sons and the daughters sing. go. Let the worst God's people said, "Amen." Have a seat. You know we're blessed here at at Bachelor Creek. Um, I think Solomon David is an excellent preacher; always has been. But you know what? Something has happened to him this year, and it started with his first sermon of the year on January sixth, and it included some very personal information about his family, both past and present. I was so moved that morning by the message, and by the following actions taken by this congregation. God's grace was abounding. God's spirit was moving. And since then, I think Solomon has just had one game-changing sermon after another. And on Easter, Sunday morning, um, he delivered one of the best sermons I've ever heard. Do you agree? It was awesome. Now, the question that I have for you is, how much of it do you remember? I mean, it was great. It really was. Uh, most of you know that, that, you know, on Easter Sunday morning, we give the resurrection story. Now, that happens year after year. And so, the people who come Easter Sunday morning, year after year, and only come on Easter Sunday morning, year after year, go away with the same message every time. So this time, Solomon wanted to change it up, and he, he spoke on John 3.16, the gospel message. And so they went home with something different. Oh, the, the resurrection story was still in there. If you were here, you knew that. Um, but this called for a response, and I loved it. It was inspiring. But I can only remember so much. Let's try something here. I, I want you to close your eyes, please, close your eyes. And I want you to shout this out as soon as you know what it is. Go, Paula. Here's the story of a lovely Oh, okay. You got that right away. That wasn't hard. Now, that was from my generation. So let's try something from the next generation. Close your eyes. Here we go. Ready? Friends. Yes. Okay. See? Next generation takes over. Now, all right. Now, from the newer generation I haven't watched this show but uh, The Office, you guys got it right away Wow um, Somebody uh,
1: watches too much TV
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know what, some of these shows haven't been around for decades but you still remember them The songs that introduce these shows bring back instant recognition and not only that, it brings back a reaction to how you felt about that show Now that's why, whenever possible, what I try to do here um, with our worship team is we try to match the songs to go along with the message of Solomon's sermon, so that you can remember some of the. High points. The what? High points. High points. <laughs> thank you. High points of what was being said that morning. All right, we're gonna we're gonna test that for just a little bit. We're, gonna, we're not gonna be able to play all of it. Let's play a little bit of it. Um, tell me. Shout them out again as soon as you get them you don't have to close your eyes I don't hear it mix. I can't I can't speed this one up All right meow mix comes in two varieties original and here we go be ready. Olympics. Makes you want to get out there and compete, right? First one to the restaurant. This this is going to be. Okay, get ready. Here we come. Shout it out. All right, you got to shout it. I can't hear it. (laughs) <laughs> Kit Kat, yeah. I did hear it back here, but he's just not very loud. Okay, go ahead. Here we go. Hey, little fella, got to change your touch. What you thought was enough. They missed this on first, first service. Much. Come on. See, it's more cushiony than ever before. Oh, ultra. less is more. When we say less is more, Woo. less is more. Sherman, thanks, important. Chloe. Good. Good, good, good. That's important stuff.
1: We all use it. Oscar Meyer,
0: you got that.
1: If I were a wiener, everyone would be in love with me. Okay. It's the same company, it's that's why they
0: throw, throw that in there.
1: What would you do?
0: That's awesome
1: what would you do
0: <laughs> for a bar? okay let's do one more one more
1: five,
0: five Subway five exactly five all right I want to throw one more in as, as we finish that off every kiss begins with. You know, that's one of my favorite jingles. If, if I was a jingle writer, that's the one I would want to write because it's just so simple and so recognizable. It's going to be there forever. You know what? People make a lot of money off of writing jingles because it's instant product recognition and recall. Music helps us remember. It helps us remember things like bathroom tissue and hamburgers and insurance companies, you know, all the important stuff. It also helps us remember that God loves us, that Jesus died for us, that God is changing us, that because of what Jesus did on the cross, God forgives us, that he desires a relationship with us. And this doesn't have us on it, but that we can trust him no matter what. You know what? Music is more than the words that we sing. Music inspires emotion. Music is a language of emotion in every culture of every age. Hollywood knows this. Check this out.
1: Out with a blanket.
0: You really need a blanket,
1: huh? I don't need a blanket. Hey, I get a carpet for without... we could do something else. Well, here's your blanket.
0: Okay, no gore, no gore. We won't go that far. I could have had you close your eyes. You would have known, right? It's, it's Jaws. And just hearing that, you know what? You know that something's coming. The score of a movie is something that you barely notice while you're watching it. But without it you would not feel the same fear, love, joy, or tension. Try an experiment. Pick one of your favorite movies, go home and watch it. And then watch it again, and this time take notes about the score of the movie and what they're trying to make you feel. You'd be amazed. In Mark 12, 30, Jesus said that the most important commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. That's your feelings, your intellect, your body. God is worthy of our highest, purest, and strongest emotions. And singing helps us express and unite them. Shame on us, When we allow a ball game or a movie or anything else to get more emotional output than we give God on a Sunday morning when we sing. Singing without emotion is an oxymoron. Let me repeat that for you. Singing without emotion is an oxymoron. Vibrant singing enables us to connect truth about God with a passion for that truth. Music, singing, helps us break through the apathy and the hardness of our hearts and engage God emotionally. Singing isn't an option in Scripture. It's a command. In Psalm 96, it says, Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise His name. Proclaim His salvation day after day. Declare His glory among the nations. His marvelous deeds among all peoples. The Bible contains over 400 references to singing and 50 direct commands to sing. If you think singing is not your thing, you need to repent. Yeah, that sounds funny, but that's not a joke. God commands it. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, Through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. Ephesians 5, 18 and 19 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. You know what one of my favorite verses is? is this. We worship a singing God. Did you know that? In Zephaniah 3.17, it says, The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves, he will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but rejoice over you with singing. Isn't that a neat thought? God expressing his love for us in song. Did you know that that happens? Singing is not a prelude to the sermon or a filler in the service. Colossians is clearly stating that singing stands alongside preaching as one of the two great ways that God has ordained for his word to dwell among you richly. Music is take-home theology because it's easy to remember and it's an emotional trigger you can quickly turn a sad day into joy. You can turn temptation into worship. And you can take a close call on the highway and just praise God for having him have his hand on you as you go throughout your day. Music is also a weapon against the enemy. Second Chronicles twenty twenty one says this. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for his love endures forever. Do you get that? Before the archers, before the swordsmen, it was a glorious choir praising God in song. That was the weapon of choice. And by the way, they won. When you are singing praises to God, temptation cannot overtake you. Tragedy cannot bring you down. When you sing to God, non-believers may think you a little weird. I do too. But they will also recognize you as a believer. And when that is true, as they start going through trials in their own life, you are the one they will turn to because you have something that they desperately need. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you, to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Do you know right now what you would say if somebody were to come and ask you why you believe? If not, um, we want to put some things in place to help you. Talk to some of us. Get your your story straight because you have a story to tell. You have a song to sing. You're going to hear a lot about next steps in the near future. And until we are just like Jesus, we all have a next step to take. For some of you, a next step could be just learning how to give yourself away in worship. Let go of your pride and worship with your whole self, emotionally, mentally, physically. You know, I watched um, little Ava Mills in here earlier. She stands about this tall. And as we're singing, she's in the aisle dancing. Do you know that's the natural? Do you know what you've learned to do in worship? You have learned to subdue yourself. That's not praise. Let go and let God lead you. As we go into our time of communion, I'd like to share a couple more songs with you um, about why we are serving these emblems. And then while we are passing the emblems, Cheryl is going to sing a song to help you meditate on why we are taking this. So sing with me. Oh, the cross of Jesus Christ Is the reason I'm alive For His blood has set me free It will never lose
1: its power day for a crown.
0: Heavenly Father, we thank you that you loved us so much that you gave your son to die for us. And Father, we sing and we pray and we, we meditate on that, that fact right now as we pass these emblems in the service. The representation of your son's body and blood here in this bread and this cup. We thank you for what you've shown us through him.